Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. I'm your host, Alex Burkett. Today we have a great episode for you today. Zach Clips is a product specialist at Bear and an online entrepreneur that helps motivate people to reach their goals. He comes onto the show and talks about his rise to the challenge. He get, takes us through the journey of going through an injury and how he used motivation through people and what he wanted to do to inspire others that go in through the same situation. He also talks about his job at Bear and what he does and how it's different than what you might think that someone at this company does. But also, you can find out more by listening to the full podcast on this interview. As you know, if you join us through each interview, we t- take you through a quick fire challenge. This week's quick fire challenge is never let a stumble in the road be the end of the journey. While you're listening to this interview, think about how this quote fits in Zach's life. Did that injury stop him to get to the next place in his life? In your life, is there an obstacle that you need to cross to get to the next area? Remember, I want to find out what your quickfire challenge has done to make an impact in your life. So please follow me on all my social medias to let me know what your Rise to the Challenge has been all about. Remember, if you're new to the podcast, you can follow me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to get the latest episodes and plus listen to previous episodes that we have produced. We got plenty of great episodes coming in the future and you definitely don't want to miss. So sit back and relax and enjoy the Rise of the Challenge interview with Zach Clips. Please welcome my guest at this time, Zach Klipsch. How are you doing today, Zach? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Alex? Doing good. Thank you for coming on the show. This show is all about real life stories, real motivations to inspire all generations. And connecting with you on LinkedIn, I've been learning a lot about your story. And I thought it'd be great to share it with the listeners of this podcast. So with everyone's rise to the challenge, we, we have to start at the beginning. So talk about what you were involved with at a young age that played a big impact in your life. Sure. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I think one of the major things that I've been involved with at a young age is sports. Um, I've started playing soccer out in the backyard when I was about three years old. Um, and then, you know, just did different things out in the backyard, different sports, and really got involved in a lots of things. Um, most of the most of the main sports I played growing up, so soccer, baseball, basketball, volleyball, um, and then, you know, played tag and capture the flag with the neighborhood <laughs> kids, uh, did skateboarding and roller hockey and, and hiking, and um, as a family, we went to the lake a lot as our family vacation, so... Those are some things that I did at a young age that really helped shape who I am today because I still love the lake. It's one of my favorite vacation spots. Um, you know, I, I got to play soccer in college, so that definitely helped shape that aspect of my life. And uh, I think just being involved with so many sports, it really gave me a broad perspective on different things and how to create different results and also just helped um, with burnout because I see a lot of kids now, you know, 
they're doing really well in soccer, but they stop at about 13, 14 high school age because they're just tired of playing that same sport for the last several years. So I think it really helped. For someone going through uh, that burnout phase, how do you mm-hmm. or how do you get over that, or do you try to find a new passion or a new sport, or do you say I need to continue this because of the commitment that you make? Um, I think that's different for everybody. Um, I personally would probably recommend just finishing out that particular season with whatever sport you're playing. Um, personally, I believe. If you commit to something, don't quit unless it stops serving your needs. And then it makes sense to quit and kind of switch directions to better serve your priorities and your needs in life. But if you're really going through burnout, I wouldn't necessarily like fight against that. Um, I would maybe look and reflect deeper and figure out why. And then, you know, just say, come, come to peace with it. Figure out how to come to peace with that and then move on and figure out what you really want with your life. Um, you know, if you're going through high school or college or something like that, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for some people, but I don't think you need to, um, you know, butt heads with that feeling. Just kind of come to terms with it and, and figure out what's next for you. It's definitely important to have a positive mindset. Um, definitely at a young age, you definitely don't want to go through the trouble because you might regret a decision that you make or it could affect what happens in the future. So when you were going through each of the sports, how did you know soccer uh-huh. was your main passion as you continued it long-term? Um, that's a hard question because I, I feel like I just fell in love with it. Um, my parents played, so it was always the sport we chose when we played in the backyard. Um, it was a sport I had the most fun with, and it was a sport I was probably best at. Um, and probably one of the other aspects is I got made fun of a lot because, you know, a lot of people, especially back then, uh, made fun of soccer players for being grass fairies and, and stuff like that. So I think that part kind of motiva- motivated me a little bit more to, to keep going. And then also just soccer um, is indifferent in that you use your feet more so than your hands, which is pretty widely different than most of the other sports. So the fact that I could do and have that skill with my feet that most people don't, um, I think helped within that passion. What position did you play in soccer? (laughs) Uh, So long story short, I've been a center back my whole life. Um, So center back, sweeper. And then um, actually got recruited into college as a center mid. So played a little center mid in high school and college. Ultimately played probably three years at center back in college. And then got moved to forward my senior year, actually. Um, so been all over, all over the field. Did you have any inspirations for while playing soccer? Did you look up to a certain player during those times? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I loved watching, you know, all the professionals, um, you know, Landon Donovan was a big, big name for us soccer, David Beckham, um, just different players like those. I actually didn't have cable growing up, so I couldn't necessarily watch all the big games and get fall in love with one particular person or team. Um, just loved watching the sport whenever I could. Landon Donovan's 
an old school name. I actually was watching a program on ESPN a couple days ago, and it was, it's going to sound funny, but Rocket League Championship Series, a video game that's popular. He was commentating that, and I'm thinking, how did he get involved with that? But maybe after playing soccer, he found a passion somewhere else, and he was talking about his story about he was finding video games as a way that made him happy with also being a family guy. So it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that name, and I just recently listened to his story about what he does after soccer. Yeah. So going through the high school, college, was there any challenges with playing soccer? Was it getting more competitive? Did you have to train harder? How did you keep that mindset going? Yeah, I had a few different uh, challenges through both kind of um, eras of my career, soccer career. In high school, um, the major challenge there was that I tore my ACL. And this was at the end of my sophomore year of high school. And uh, that's a a pretty big recruiting time frame for uh, men's soccer and and getting into college. So uh, not an ideal time for that. Um, So I I just had to work through that. And, uh, you know, I knew that at that point in time, I was considering playing professional so that I I really just knew that I had to get through that that injury. do what the doctor doctor told me because I didn't want to play with a brace. I didn't want to jeopardize my potential career at that point. Um, so I knew it's just something I had to get through and uh, work to do everything I could to get back on the field when I was done. What kind of positive aspects did you use during the ACL injury time to get back to where you could be able to play again or the mindset of recovery? Because there's a lot of kids in people in high school and college that have gone through the same thing and they have a negative aspect where they lose that passion. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if I'd necessarily picked a particular mindset going through it, but looking back, I think I, I just looked at it and said, Hey, this is something I have to go through. I can't change the fact, right? I, <laughs> the only thing that I can, can do to get, get over this is listen to the doctor Um, be the best patient that I can be, Um, do the workouts, do the, you know, the physical therapy and the rehab to get better and get back to the field. Once I got back to the field, then, then it's about, okay, what can I do more to get, to get more playing time to get back to where I was. Um, On top of that, you know, I stayed close to friends and family. I, outside of soccer, I didn't change a whole lot. So I still um, got around the team. I still got around uh, my friends and family because they, you know, outside of like actual physical activity that I may not have been able to do, everything else was the same. We were still joking, still laughing, still having a good time, um, which puts a smile on your face, which, you know, puts out that positive energy. And then um, on top of that, I didn't necessarily seek him out, but my physical therapist was an incredible, incredible guy. He just started his own practice, so I got a lot of one. My whole therapy was one on one on one time with him, and he was a St. Louis guy. He also played soccer, um, and so he really just helped me through a lot of the physical aspects, a lot of the mental aspects by just talking to me and, and figuring out what I wanted to do and getting to know me. Um, so much so that I actually got to sign a jersey and, and kind of put it up on his wall and actually start 
his tradition of, of healing, you know, student athletes and uh, getting jerseys from them. So that was, that was pretty neat. So it sounds like you had a lot of motivations going through the process with your physical therapist, having your family and friends there for you and keeping that spirit alive um, to continue to go through it. You didn't let a negative affect you in any way. Yeah, essentially. Um, like I said, I just, I just knew, you know, looking back, I knew why, um, why I wanted to get better which created the drive to get better and, and follow, you know, what my doctor said and, and not to get too down to myself because as soon as I got down and really dwelled on it, um, I knew I'd be down and out because it's, it's not something I could change. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my body's not going to heal an ACL on myself so that I can go play college and potentially professional ball. So, um, yeah, just recognizing the fact that I couldn't change it and, and doing what I could. Did you have any specific roles when you were on the soccer team, like a captain, a leader in the locker room? Uh, at one point. <laughs> the college, high school, or did you have a leader that you looked up to? Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, so I kind of took, actually during my ACL, I kind of took more of a, a assistant coach's role and tried to train um, and help out the guy that was kind of filling in because he was a little bit younger, um, didn't have as much experience as I did on varsity at that point because I actually had varsity experience all four years of high school. Um, so I kind of took a leadership role in that aspect. Um, I did become senior uh, captain my senior year of high school um, and took the team to second in state. And then throughout college, I actually uh, earned the captain's band my sophomore year of college and, and held it for the next three years. So. What skills did you learn from being a captain on your team? <laughs> uh, quite a lot, actually. Um, but looking back, one of the biggest things was like communication. Um, my communication had to be better as a leader. I had to try and inspire and motivate the team a little bit more. At least I felt like from my perspective. Um, so looking back, that was definitely a challenge and an area that I grew in and currently still grow in because no, by no means am I perfect. Um, another one was just work ethic. You know, I, I, that's one of the reasons I actually earned the captain's band my sophomore year. Um, because I was, I was willing to put in the work. I was willing to throw my body on the line for the team, um, you know, I never gave up. And so I felt as captain that that just had to be um, evolved and improved and even more effort was needed of me because I was kind of that leader of the team. Um, and I really just wanted to show the team that I cared and and was there for them. Um, so I think work ethic is one of the biggest things I learned as captain, just showing that you need to kind of lead from that front, so to speak. Communication and work ethic are two skills that are incorporated in all types of situations, sports and even during education process and during the work field. Do you still Mm -hmm. use those tools today when you're working, when you're motivating and helping others in any different capacity? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, like you said, communications everywhere, whether that's virtual during these times um 
you know, in person, online, via text or whatever. So you need it. You need it through dating, right? You need it through work. You need it with talking to your roommates and your parents. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. Just trying to evolve that every time I get a chance to talk to somebody and, and really learn um, about them. Um, and then work ethic, I think, is one of the things that I can that I try and define myself as, um, even when things aren't going well. Um, you know, through school, I just had that drive that, you know, someone laid out a path for me to be successful within school. So I had the drive to actually just do the work. Um, same thing was, uh, you know, in my, in my career now, um, you know, there's, there's lots of things that people don't want to do, but I think coming from sports and having that background of, of doing whatever is necessary to complete the job, um, helps me and shows, you know, that I can handle a lot throughout work and career. So that just gets on my boss's radar um, and ultimately helps my chances of, you know, potentially getting that raise. Definitely. Um, yeah. Transitioning after soccer, what were the, the next goals in your life? What did you want to accomplish and where did your path take you? That's a great question. Um, so I would say really my path, after soccer really started at that ACL um, like I said my my physical therapist was an amazing guy and because of him I wanted to really pay it forward and be that light in somebody else's life and other people's lives just like he was for me and so that set my track on on the medical path um, and so you know through a process of discovery I found biomedical engineering and after after committing already found a dual degree program um, through a couple of schools here in St. Louis where I could really get two degrees um, in six years. And so that's what I did, pursued engineering after, uh, after college career at Maryville in soccer. Um, and somewhere down the road, I guess not down the road, but in my past, my parents had mentioned, you know, make, make money work for you. Otherwise you'll work for it the rest of your life. <clears throat> and so that statement put me in an entrepreneurial mindset, looking for ways to maximize my time and maximize my um, return on my time. And so as I was going to Wash U and studying engineering, I found they had like an entrepreneurial biomedical innovation master's program. And uh, so I set out to do that. And I thought, okay, I can invent something really cool, create a business around it. I can help people. This is gonna be awesome. <laughs> things like that. But before I actually got started in that master's program, I, my buddy, my teammate actually introduced me to a couple millionaires, um, really just living life on their own terms, um, being able to travel when they want. They just started a nonprofit last year, um, but also helping people create their dreams and goals by, you know, more one-on-one -on -one mentoring. And so um, I really just kind of took that kind of switched up and, and started following uh, the who. So people that actually had the success I was looking to create instead of following a particular route or pathway. Um, and so because of that, I was able to launch a few online companies outside of schooling and now I kind of run them outside my career. And so that set me on a path now to where, yes, I still have a job, but I'm also building companies outside my career so that I can create a life that I want so that I can help make an impact 
you know, on a more personal level and help people create the goals that they want. But then also when I, you know, later in life when I create enough enough income, the goal is to really give back to charity, uh, start potentially a nonprofit, start some scholarships, maybe get back in the medical game because I really do have a passion for it um, and really just continue helping people down the road. So you talked about you're working at a career and then you have two online companies. Talk about the main career that you're on right now. What do you do at that job? Where do you work? Sure. Um, so currently I work at a company called Bayer. If you know of Aspirin, you've probably heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, but I actually, I'm working in agriculture, the agricultural space. Um, and my role is really like on the IT side of things, product, product management space. So essentially, um, you have software developers or coders or programmers and they develop software, right? And then on the other side, you have the people that use the software. And in my case, that is internal employees to Bayer and in my role, I'm actually like a middleman between the two groups of people. And so my role is helping gather requirements for that new software that the coders are actually coding and engineering. I help gather what they actually need to do within that particular product. Um, part of my role is, is helping people launch. So all of this stuff is brand new software. Um, so part of my role is helping new business units and functions and groups get into it and actually start using it. So I help them transition from their old stuff to everything that we're building. I help um, create documentation for those products. So stuff like user guides or if you guys, people might be familiar with like release notes, you know, when, when Facebook comes out with a new release or LinkedIn comes out with a new release they'll often have come with notes of what's new. And so part of my job is to help create that user-facing um, documentation to help people figure out what's coming in this release, figure out what's new. I also create stuff like user guides so that they don't necessarily need to say, hey, Zach, how do I do this? Hey, Zach, how do I do this? Hey, Zach, how do I do this? I can create documentation to help them figure it out on their own to where they can use that as a resource. And then the other main function that I have is support. So, you know, you might see an air and let's say LinkedIn. Um, I would be the person you call and say, hey, Zach, I have, you know, I see this air. Hey, I can't do X, Y, Z. Zach, how do I fix this? So going back to your finding that passion for helping others, does this job uh -huh. fulfill that as you're talking about you're helping businesses or brands and helping creating those user guides? Does that keep going with your road to helping others? Yeah, that absolutely fills into that because, um, you know, I had a realization probably a couple of weeks ago, actually, because I got, I got mad at a question I got asked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, besides the point, but I really realized like a part of my role is helping people understand um, and educating them so that they can actually help themselves, which is actually super empowering if, if you have the skills and wherewithal um, and mindset to do that. So it definitely helps in that, in that vision. I think a lot of people can relate to that with when we're in our industries, we understand the product, the 
background information, acronyms and all of that. And then when we're trying to translate that to someone who has no idea, we kind of have to think about how do we transition in a different way or simplify in a way. I know with me, I work in gaming and lotteries and training in that situation. And I have to kind of Mm -hmm. simplify that information. And you're definitely doing that with creating those guides, getting those questions that you're getting to just help the people so that they feel like they can do it on their own or accomplish those tasks. Yeah, absolutely. And even being that middleman, like we try and shield a lot of business questions from the developers because a lot of them, our engineers are a little bit more introverted, the typical stereotypical engineer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so part of my job is actually translating those business business uh, needs and requirements into stuff that they can actually work on. Um, so we're actually helping them do their job as well. And have it, is, having that skill where you know both sides, it just makes you a stronger asset to that company. Talk about, yeah, for sure, leveraging. Talk about the two online businesses and how, did, how was there any challenges with creating them or did you have to work really hard to keep it going? Yeah, I would say um, starting them wasn't as big of a challenge as you might think. One, because they're online, so you can start a business within 60 seconds nowadays. <laughs> That's true. Um, the other reason is, you know, I have I have successful entrepreneurs who are my mentors um, helping guide me. So they, they had been there before they had done that. So they were able to really just show me the path. Um, now building it and scaling it on the other hand is definitely something new, um, that I've had, I've been working on and struggling with per se for the last, you know, three years or so. Um, but really leaning into people that have been able to create success in the industry, um, has really made a huge difference. Are you a person where you're just going to be that sole person in the company? Are you hoping to have employees in the future? How does that look for these companies? Yeah, actually, the goal would be to create more business partnerships with people that are looking to get into entrepreneurship um, but don't necessarily know where to start. Um, you know, if and if we partner up, you're more of a independent contractor or, you know, essentially your own franchise online um and that way you know duplicating that way and growing that way just creates more buy-in from everybody else that i might potentially partner up with um there's nothing wrong with employees i'm an employee myself mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's just that you know employees look to get the most amount of money um by putting in the least amount of time and uh entrepreneurship is kind of the opposite of that um, where you're looking to get an investment on your time what's the biggest investment so um, and you're building something for yourself so there's typically a lot more motivation so instead of employees I would say duplicate through you know other other potential um, entrepreneurs that, that really want to build something for themselves you talked about having entrepreneur mentors did they have a mm-hmm. business model that you were trying to not like copy completely but you use as inspiration for your business model yeah definitely i mean they definitely have a few certain platforms and systems that are a bit proprietary at this point um 
that they use actually use to help people create success. So I didn't necessarily need the next big idea. I didn't need the next big product. Um, what I needed to gain, you know, what I needed to gain access to them and, and what they offer is really just that drive to do more, that, that coachability, um, that work ethic um, that I learned, that I personally learned from, from athletics. So talking about your experience with athletics, how do you use your story to help motivate individuals? Um, yeah, I just share what I learned really. Um, and some people resonate and some don't. So that's something I've had to get over. I think as I'm sure we all do, our stories are some of the best. (laughs) Um, there's definitely stories out there that are way worse than mine. There's some that aren't. So, um, I really just share what I learned, um, what I've come to realize over the last couple of years. Um, hoping that it inspires somebody, hoping that it helps. Um, not everyone's going to relate because not everybody played sports. So, um, yeah, just sharing, sharing it, see who resonates from what I learned and hopefully, hopefully help somebody out. Hopefully get, help somebody get over whatever they're going through. What kind of tools do you use when you're posting on social media or LinkedIn to present the message you want to convey? Um, recently I've been using a lot of text posts here on LinkedIn. Um, so, you know, just, just using that post functionality and text, um, potentially going to get back into, you know, video. So I just use a, an app on my phone called clips so that it gets, uh, um, subtitles in there. Um, uh, that's really about it. I'll find pictures or take pictures here and there, add those to my written posts, but those are the major tools I currently use. Do you get much feedback from your post or you go to your mentors to ask for advice when you're about to get ready to post something? Um, at this point, I don't necessarily ask for advice um, from them. You know, if it's, if it's a bit edgy or <laughs> a bit intense, because I, I tend toward the more intense side I don't necessarily like a whole lot of small talk so let's let's get to the meat and meat and potatoes of everything let's get into the good stuff and stay up till two o'clock talking about philosophy and <laughs> and stuff like that um, so if it's leaning towards that which doesn't necessarily relate to a lot of people or you know edgy like I said or just something out of my comfort zone then I might run it by them just to see what they what their thoughts are but at this point it's typically just whatever I'm learning at this point in time or whatever I realized um, and just kind of shoot it out there. What does the future look like for you professionally? Um, yeah, so this year I'm actually looking to kind of get a raise within my corporate career, um, kind of take that next step and get a little bit of a pay raise. Um, I think I'm ready for that next challenge. Um, that's something that I like to do is you just I'm always up for the next challenge. I'm always up for solving the next problem. And I think stepping up in my career is a way to do that. I just take my whole, um, you know, humanness, if, if you will, if you will, or be a better human, become a better human by doing that is one, one way to do that. Um, but ultimately my goal was to like scale out of corporate because like I said, there's, I just really believe there's more to life than just, 
trading time for money um, for going to work for somebody else because there's so much of the world and so many people out there that I want to discover that I don't even know exist yet. Um, and so the goal is to you know create that the enough resources being time and money to be able to do whatever I want, like travel, like start nonprofits, like start potentially start you know another medical health company. Um, to really create that life of, of significance and time and money um, that I think we all want. Um, just some of us don't know how to get there. Do you start planning short-term and long-term goals for the opportunities you're talking about as early as possible, or is it as you go on each day? I'd say yes to all of it. <laughs> Um, definitely, definitely long-term goals, but, and then, you know, I like to kind of think five, 10 years out, okay, this is what I want to create in this time frame, And then you can scale it back. Okay. If I want to create this in 10 years, what, what's a realistic, you know, thing to create maybe five years. Okay. Scale that down. What's a realistic goal to create in two years. And then you just keep scaling it down to a day-to-day basis. And so there's certain things and habits that I've worked with my mentors to create and, and define that I can do on a day-to-day basis that is really going to help me create those long-term goals. Definitely you can use those goals with your goals that you have for your future and even with developing skills. I know I'm always creating short-term goals of what I, what's next for me and looking at all those opportunities what would you say about taking risks? Do you recommend taking risks to get to the next opportunity or do you stay at a same level playing field and just not take those risks? Um, I would say it depends, right? Some risks are worth taking. Um, I would say some aren't. Just kind of, kind of depends on where you're at in life. What's your, you know, a lot of risk that my peers and, and friends look at is, uh, you know, financial, so investments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, should I invest in this stock? Well, where are you at financially? How much do you have in the bank? How have in your, have in your savings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you currently making? How secure is your job actually? I think, I think going through this, uh, this COVID era we're in currently, it has made people kind of second guess whether how how secure their job is. So how secure is that? Can you find another one? Can you find another source of income? How much do you have in the bank? How much debt are you in? So there's a lot of things that go in that I think really, there's a lot of variables at play with financial risks. Um, there's even more variable, variables at play with other types of risk, right? So I think it just depends. Um, I think regardless, if you if you take a risk with the mindset of let me see how it plays out and you're willing to take the loss of whatever that risk is, is how you should, is how I would recommend looking at it because if you're willing to lose out on whatever you might potentially lose out on with that risk, you're okay with it and your, your life is not going to be messed up by it, then absolutely go for it. Um, you're going to learn something if it doesn't work out. And if it worked out, then you're going to be better off in whatever way that is. 
that's definitely a now great it's, tip. It's, yeah. And then if, you know, if your life isn't set up for whatever potential loss it is, I would probably recommend not doing it. <laughs> maybe scaling it back, maybe looking at a different risk to try and get ahead. But It probably all depends on the person and what their mindset is at that time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Talking about the exactly. pa- talking about the pandemic going on, how do you keep yourself motivated? Um, to be honest, for me, luckily, gratefully, not a whole lot has changed. I am working from home, so I'm super grateful that I have that opportunity and option. Um, my, you know, my companies are online, so it's it's really just I look at it as more time to build who I want to become to more time to build my future. Um, and we have more time now because there's at least commuting times, right, that are, that are taken away typically. So staying motivated for me is not a big deal um, um, just because I think of the perspective, of, perspective that I'm taking and, and my mentors have really helped, you know, help me see. So the final question I'll ask you, with the end of each podcast for the Rise of the Challenge, we want to give a summary in a way to the listeners. Taking from our interview we just had today, what are the top messages or tips you would give someone to rise to their challenge? Mm, I think one of the biggest things I would recommend that I kind of mentioned going through the ACL challenge is figuring figuring out um, what you want to create in life and why you want to create it. Because knowing why you're going through a challenge or why why you have to go through a challenge or why you want to overcome that challenge is ultimately going to help you get through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, having that deep emotional reason behind fighting for something great in your whatever that is for you is really going to help you go through those downtimes where you may not be seeing that business growth where you may not be seeing that muscle growth where you may not be seeing that communication growth um you know or you know whatever it might be um just knowing and figuring out why and having that that burning passion to get that that goal done is going to really help you get through that. I know that's what it was for me going through my ACL challenge. Um, and I know that's what it was when I, when I ultimately didn't start my senior year, but if we didn't even get into, <laughs> um, but I knew I just wanted to be on the field at that point in time. Um, and so I did whatever I freaking good to get back on the field then. And ultimately that's, what's going to help you get you through. Well, thank you, Zach, for taking the time to talk about your journey. Um, I've learned a lot from your experience and how I can motivate myself to get into the entrepreneurial side with starting this podcast. And I thank you so much for this opportunity. Hey, thank you so much. A really great talking with you. Appreciate the opportunity. Tune in next time to hear my next guest rise to the challenge. 
Remember, you can follow this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to hear the previous episodes that I produced. Plus, keep in touch with all the latest new episodes that get produced. You definitely don't want to miss it. Have a great day, everyone.